This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is Mike Smith in for Simi Sarah today. Let's talk about money laundering in this province now. I wrote a column about this in the province newspaper the other day. Got a lot of reaction from our listeners and on our website at theprovince.com. And when you think about it, just think about all the gang activity going on out there, the drug dealing. You know there's just got to be a lot of dirty money sloshing around. What about all that offshore money pouring into the Vancouver real estate market? How much of that money represents ill-gotten gains from corruption or crime looking for a safe haven like the Vancouver real estate market and distorting this market, putting the, the dream of home ownership beyond the reach of so many people in our province. Well, that's been a hot topic this week, and my guest is NDP MLA David Eby. He is the NDP housing critic. I'm very pleased to welcome him to the show. David. Mike. David, thanks for taking some time on a holiday for us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate uh, coming on to the show. How much money laundering is going on in this province? Is it even possible to tell? But you guys really belled the cat on this one this week. How, how big is this? Well, it's it's really hard to know how big it is. I mean, uh, we brought to light uh, three cases that we were aware of. Uh, in one of them, the Office of Civil Forfeiture for the province of British Columbia has a guy that they allege in court documents. Now, this guy denies it. Uh, he uh, uh, These allegations haven't been proven. They say that he laundered uh, more than $2 million through uh, small casinos in northern British Columbia. Now, that's one guy alone. Um, we had another uh, file where there was a half a million dollar down payment for a home uh, that was uh, included, money that we know was obtained by fraud because it was the subject of a Securities Commission hearing. Uh, we don't know where the other money came from. Uh, and uh, we understand it's still frozen and sitting in the bank and no one's tried to claim it out of the uh, this uh, Bank of Montreal over at Park Royal. And so when you think about just those two transactions alone, uh, $2.5 million dollars, uh, this is fairly significant activity that uh, that's going on. Yeah, that casino one really was a shocker when when I started taking a look at the court documents on that one. I mean, this is a case where the police confronted a suspected impaired driver in the parking lot of a casino in Chilliwack after someone reported an erratic motorist on a, on a nearby highway. Uh, they end up seizing over twenty thousand dollars in cash and crack cocaine. Uh, from the vehicle, again, according to these court records. And then, according to these records, the driver claims at the scene that he won more than $300,000 playing slot machines at various BC casinos. The police dig deeper, and as you say, the police allege that this guy got paid out more than $2 million by casinos in British Columbia, and now there's efforts underway to recover some of that money. I mean, how does something like that happen, especially when... We were told years ago that the B.C. government was cracking down on any kind of money laundering going on in casinos in this province. Well, we can we can start by talking about casinos, Mike, and then we can talk about what's happening in the real estate market because they're different but related. So on the casino side, the province defunded. Uh, there was a million dollars for an RCMP integrated uh, casino enforcement team uh, that would actively patrol in relation to gang activity, uh, loan sharking and money laundering, these kinds of activities. It was defunded in 2010 by the minister at the time, uh, Rich Coleman. And, and when he did that, a guy named Fred Pinnock, who actually happens to be the husband of a, a BC Liberal MLA, came out and said, this is a crazy decision. When you 
defund this team, what you're going to have is uh, uh, police state or police uh, departments across the province off the side of their desk trying to to link together an activity that's ha- happening province wide. Uh, you're going to miss a lot of stuff, and clearly we are. I mean, this was a traffic stop at a at a casino. This was not detected by any kind of uh, anti-money laundering uh, mechanism of any sort, any kind of proactive uh, effort. This was an incidental stop where police were like, oh my gosh, what do we got here? Um, and uh, so it leads to the obvious question, how much of this is going on that we're not detecting? Okay, yeah, I think it really raises some uh, some big concerns. Let's talk about that Vancouver real estate market uh, that you've been talking about for so long now. How much money laundering is going on in the Metro Vancouver real estate market, do you think? Well, uh, FinTrack, which is the agency, the federal government agency, they're like a warehouse for data. And every time there's a transaction over $10,000, realtors are one of the listed agencies like banks where they have to do a report into FinTrack and they have to record the customer's ID and they have to report their birth date and their occupation and where they're from. And they do this on a very straightforward form that asks for all of those uh, little areas to be filled out, fill in the blanks, and then send in the form to FinTrack. Well, FinTrack did an audit of uh, realtors in Metro Vancouver and found uh, what they described as significant non-compliance, a tripling of non-compliance and filling out these forms properly. And, right. and amazingly enough, the Real Estate Association federally, the Canadian Realtors Association, uh, wrote this letter into uh, FinTrack saying, Realtors hadn't been properly trained on how to fill out this form. Well, what a joke. I mean, it's name, date, date of birth, where are they from? It's a very straightforward form. So you've got significant noncompliance identified in audits by FinTrack. But all FinTrack is is a data warehouse. These forms go to FinTrack, and they sit there until a police department asks for them. And the the issue that we have is it seems like there's some work at least happening to crack down on these forms not being filled out properly by realtors hiding the source of funds. Uh, for these real estate, real estate transactions. But what happens then when the form's filled out and it goes into this data bank? Uh, who's asking for it? Do police have the resources they need to do the kinds of investigations? And I'll give you one example. Uh, there's a Securities Commission hearing where a realtor took uh, half a million dollars in, uh, in $50,000 money orders and deposited them into the bank. One of them was obtained through a stock fraud. So he mingled the proceeds from a stock fraud in with other money and deposited the money into an account for someone uh, who is not a Canadian citizen. And he allowed her to use his brokerage address on the form to hide where she was from, to hide her true occupation um, and to pretend that she was a Canadian citizen and, uh, and was a homemaker when in fact she was involved in transportation in China. So this kind of activity, we're not making it up. It's happening. And FinTrack is trying to track it, but once they collect the information, we also need police to have the resources to investigate. Okay, I think it could be bigger than many of us realize. And when we come back, we'll take a quick break. I want to talk about some of the big problems in this real estate market, whether it's money laundering, and we've heard stories about that, the shadow flipping, offshore speculating, so many issues in this market. My guest, NDP housing critic David Eby, more with him right after this. Welcome back, Mike Smith and for Simi, my guest, NDP housing critic David Eby, talking about money laundering in British Columbia, also this red-hot hyper-inflated real estate market we got here in B.C. David, let me ask you real quick on the money laundering. Another thing that you guys brought up this week was these this uh, internal emails that you obtained about a uh, B.C. government liquor store and the guys coming in and plopping down over 10000 bucks in cash to buy a liquor. That's kind of weird. Yeah, this is the coming out of the, the signature store a lot of your listeners will be familiar with up at Canby and uh, 39th there. 
in Vancouver. This is where they have the really high-end uh, scotches and wines. Um, the employees there are reporting that they are receiving uh, cash transactions over $10,000 and uh, and some of them they're feeling a bit weird about. And uh, so they push it up the line of the store manager. The store manager, this is the email we obtain, uh, writes to an investigator with the liquor distribution branch and says, listen, should we be reporting these strange transactions? Should we be reporting them to FinTrack, to the anti-money laundering agency? And, and the response they get back is, uh, no, um, just let me know, uh, but don't uh, don't report it outside of the LDB. And uh, and so, you know, it, it's concerning to us that staff are coming forward saying, I feel uneasy about this guy showing up with a sack of cash with a dollar sign on the side of it, saying, give me your most expensive booze. Um, you know, I, I feel uneasy about this transaction. I think we should be reporting it to someone. And, and the LDB conclu- management concluding, well, no, actually, let's keep it in-house. And uh, really, it should be up to the police to decide uh, in that kind of situation whether a transaction is uh, worthy of investigation or not, not the liquor distribution branch. And what links all these things together, Mike, is that these are all significant sources of income for the province. So you've got uh, gambling, you've got liquor, and you've got real estate through the property transfer tax. So when we say we want you to crack down on money laundering, we want want you to investigate uh, suspicious transactions that potentially threatens uh, sources of revenue for the province, which may be a reason why the province is reluctant to investigate this kind of thing. Well, hang on a sec. So you're saying, what, the government would uh, turn a blind eye to money laundering? Because they're making well, not, money off of casinos and booze and, and property transfer taxes, so not, they ignore not, crime? Yeah, not just a blind eye, Mike, but they act, they actually defunded that casino investigation team. That was the, the RCMP team that would be investigating the money laundering. And they took the million dollars away that it cost a year to, to fund that team. So it's not just a blind eye, but it's actually cutting the resources available to do this. And then you've got these realtors, mass noncompliance in, in FinTrack in the real estate market. And uh, and where is the province on this? You know, totally silent. And well, uh, and I really wish that uh, that they would uh, be giving the resources to police to be knocking on the doors of these realtors who are hiding the source of funds and saying, why are you concealing the source of funds? Who's giving you money? What what is the what's the deal here? OK, well, I, I don't I wouldn't say the government's been totally silent on it. I mean, after you guys revealed some of these issues this week, uh, the, uh, Mike Morris, a solicitor general for the province, said, uh, look, you know, we take this seriously. If there are agencies that are not reporting large cash transactions to FinTrack when they should be. We're, we're looking at that. I wonder if a liquor store, I mean, if a, is a liquor store required to report a $10,000 cash transaction to, to FinTrack? I mean, because the email that you got suggested that maybe they're not a reporting entity. They're not required to report That's right. that. That's right. There is no legal requirement for them to report to FinTrack like there would be for a bank or for well, what's the, what's the a problem, real estate then? agent. They're not breaking any rules well, the, then, are the, they? The, well, the issue is, you know, I think as a government store, especially when your staff come to you and say, I'm really suspicious about this uh, huge cash transaction I took. I don't feel good about it. Should we be reporting this to someone? And you tell them, no, don't report it to anybody. I think that that, except to me, <laughs> except to senior management, um, I think that sends a message. And that message is uh, that we're going to keep it in-house and we're not going to cause a fuss. And uh, and I think when you have a suspicious transaction like that, it doesn't matter whether you're a government store or a private store or otherwise. I think letting the letting the police know and saying, "Gosh, this was really weird, and this happened in the store," is a good practice, and uh, and not just saying, "Well, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, fifty thousand dollars cash transaction." Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump in there, David. We'll take a break. Come back with more with David Eby. I want to talk more about the Vancouver real estate market here. the The real estate board of Greater Vancouver uh, Vancouver has voted to triple the maximum penalty for realtor misconduct 
from the current $10,000 fine to a $30,000 fine for a realtor misconduct. I wonder if David Eby thinks that's an adequate response to what's going on. If you want to get involved in our conversation, phone me up on this. How big is this money laundering issue? Does that worry you? What about this real estate market we have here in this region? What should the government do about it? Call me, 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Send me a text, 604-331-BUZZ, 604-331-2899. This is Mike Smith, and for Simi Moore with my guest David Eby after this. All right, welcome back. This is Mike Smith, and for Simi, my guest, NDP housing critic David Eby. Hey, David, let's talk a little bit about this Metro Vancouver housing market here right now. The Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver is uh, hiking the misconduct penalty for realtor misconduct from $10,000 to $30,000. Is that a good move? Is that enough? I think I think it's good that it's sending a signal that finally uh, we're seeing some recognition that uh, the penalties are inadequate for some of the misconduct we've seen. The, the concern that I have, Mike, is that when you're talking about the Vancouver real estate market and some of the activity that's been happening, uh, $30,000 can be a licensing fee for some of these activities. You know, I had a complaint yesterday from a constituent who said that their 90-year-old parents who live up uh, near the University of British Columbia were approached by a realtor who said, uh, I'll offer you $3 million for your home. Not as a realtor, I just love your house so much. And it's assessed at $4.6 million. So trying to dupe uh, senior citizens out of uh, the true value of their homes is the kind of activity we're seeing here. And, and in, from that perspective, uh, you know, a potential $1.6 million upside for that realtor if they manage to trick these 90-year-olds, uh, 30000 bucks is just the cost of doing business. So uh, there has to be a, a portion where they have to pay back their uh, ill-gotten gains through this kind of activity as well. Okay, speaking of the cost of doing business, you guys have proposed a 2% speculation tax. How is that going to change anything? I mean, a, a 2%... Uh, tax, wouldn't that just, how is that going to slow down a, a hyperinflated market where people are outbidding each other and they're, they're paying multiple millions for homes? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So the, this particular measure is, uh, comes out of the Sauter School of Business. And the suggestion is that uh, this is a tax that would be used to track people who are speculating in the real estate market that aren't paying taxes here and aren't renting out the places that they're buying. So they're leaving the place vacant or they're not paying taxes in British Columbia. And uh, it's simply meant as a tool to identify uh, how much of this is going on. Uh, 2%, as you say, isn't going to uh, shut down uh, uh, very much of the activity that's happening. as a 2% annual tax that's invisible to people who pay taxes and, and work here in British Columbia. Uh, but it would still generate a fair amount of money for affordable housing, about $90 million a year. Once we have that information, Mike, and I think it's important that we do have that information, we can look at next steps like uh, Singapore has a, a stamp duty that they put on international money coming into their real estate market. Uh, in Australia, um, they've banned uh, international money from their resale housing market that's uh, already constructed uh, housing, but uh, internationals are still allowed to buy in the new housing market. So there are options that are out there for us, but I think it's important for us to have an idea about the scope of the issue we're facing okay. Because there is some considerable debate about how serious an issue this is. Let's squeeze in a quick call on the open line. Mike on the open line. Hi. Good uh, Good afternoon. Uh, I just sold a building in uh, Richmond recently and went through the FinTrack process, right? And, the, and so the commercial realtors are doing this now. You know, they fill in all the documentation to say uh, who paid me the money. Uh, they, there was quite a documentation process. So that, that must exist today for realtors already. They were quite adamant to have that done. They were very concerned about the fines. 
if they don't have that documentation. And I was the receiver of the funds, not the uh, not the seller. I was the or I okay. was sorry, that was the uh, sellers and not the buyer. Okay, we have less than a minute, David Eby. David. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the pro the process exists. The problem is that uh, that and there are many good realtors who are following the rules. The problem is there are a bunch of realtors who are filling out the forms to conceal the source of the money, which is uh, which is what we're concerned about for sure. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Mike. Have a great Easter. Okay, thank you. Same to you. That is NDP housing critic David Eby uh, talking about money laundering in British Columbia and also the inflated real estate market we see here in the city of Vancouver and the wider region as well. It's going on in the suburbs as well. It's not just the mansions and penthouse condos in downtown Vancouver. And a lot of this is going on in the suburbs as well. Let's take a break here at the top of the hour. we got your news coming up. Then we have lots more. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi Sarah today. Stick around. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.